0: You are listening to The Wealth Without Bay Street Podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Another episode
1: in The Wealth Without Bay Street Advisor Series. We're joined today by Peter Lounce, hailing from the greater Toronto area. Also joined today by Richard Canfield, of course, hailing from Chilliwack, B.C., otherwise known as the WAC. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. And Peter, welcome. Welcome to the Wealth Without Bay Street Advisor Series, being uh, such an incredible teammate, an authorized infinite banking practitioner with the Nelson Nash Institute, an amazing, amazing value creator here on our team at Ascendant Financial, and uh, one of the best connectors I know. Welcome to the show, Peter. It's good to have you.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me to you both.
1: And we've been connecting all day. Peter and I were just doing this live StreamYard deal on getting out on the LinkedIns and YouTube's and Facebooks and all of that. Then Rich
0: and I hopped
1: on <laughs> to a did, live did stream our own yard str- event. N-
0: not to be outdone. We had to do our own stream yard, <laughs> Peter. And so nice. um, Peter, why don't we begin with maybe
1: you know, share with uh, share with viewers. And listeners a little bit about your journey what inspired you to um you know set foot on this amazing path and and to be a part of you know this this growing team what inspired you
2: yeah i think um you know for the most part i'd say my my story is pretty boring i just you know (laughs) you know it was you know really i started out with you know I uh, went to school, got a job, you know, I grew up in Mark, Ontario so just outside of Toronto and um, headquarters for IBM Canada was there. So I, I started my first job there and I, you know, half my buddies, grade A class, all that, all their parents had these defined benefit pensions, live really well. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll just do that. Got got out of school, finished my degree as fast as possible. I didn't really know what I wanted. I thought maybe I want to be in business or something or work at a bank would be just a logical thing. I guess I didn't really have a specific goal in mind. And maybe that's, that's why it was kind of boring because not having a focus, not having a plan was, uh, is a big, um, part of what gets you or drives you to where you want to go. And, um, I had a really good career I met many people there I was I was there for 14 years and then I made a shift I went to another company big massive company for a year and then another one for two years another one for two years and like it's not the company it's me right like there's so many things that were just going on around me that I thought that was you know I thought I would find something better just something better right um the biggest shift for me was maybe 2008-2009 when um we saw the turn in the economy Mm -hmm. and, uh, my defined contribution plan, not defined benefit plan took a massive hit. I lost like 40 or 50% of it. I thought, how the heck am I ever going to get out of that? And, uh, that's where it really started pushing me to get into real estate. So I started going to real estate and, uh, did some investments there and, um, partnered with, uh, with a family friend. We started getting into apartment buildings and, um, it was still. I still wasn't getting ahead, though. Right? I was there, but I didn't really have that. There was no liquidity. It was like I was getting a bit of cash flow. It was good, but I still felt kind of stressed with the amount of debt that was piling up around me. Um, you know, it was secured to the to the properties, but still, just didn't feel like it was. I didn't see the end to mm-hmm. it, and so I went really deep into just um, enabling myself. Right, and so part of that real estate journey was going back to read. Um, listen to podcasts. I found podcasts. I stopped listening to the radio. I literally would go, you know, four hours a day, just listen to podcasts. I got to reading a book a week and just kept, kept going through it. I was actually listening to a real estate podcast in the U S and I heard this guy talking about, um, well, you know him, Patrick Donahoe, right? And so, um, I was talking about this process, and I was listening. I was in my car, and I literally had to rewind it like ten times to hear what he was talking about. It was like it seemed too good to be true, and it, it ended up being infinite banking. And um, it, it really, um, I really connected with it. I went to do my research, to see who did it in Canada, if it was possible. Um, that's where I connected with uh, you, Jason. Actually, Sarbo, I connected with first, um, but you guys yeah. were all together at that point, and um, you know that was about four years ago. And then I can, you know, I had left corporate world by then. I was working at a small boutique IT shop and with a friend. It was, it was, it was great. I had tons of flexibility and all that, but I still didn't, it still wasn't like, I wasn't juiced to go to work every day. You know, I just didn't, didn't feel it. When I found this, um, before I even became a practitioner four years ago, I went and bought 10 books of 10 of these. Right. And we had people over. You know, I was like handing out the books. I'm like, what is this? What do you like? They didn't, you know, when I, when I catch on to something, I get pretty eager, like to tell friends and family, but you'll find that I guess everybody has their moment. I think this is something that will work for anybody. They just have to be open to it. So, uh, continued on. And uh, two years later, I think Jason, you and I uh, ended up connecting. You were coming into town for uh, into Toronto for uh, Strategic Coach yeah. quarterly. We had a couple of dinners, and um, <clears throat> it was around the time when you were about to to launch Ascendant And I said, "Okay, let's go." And um, I haven't looked back. I mean, um, <laughs> it wasn't without its struggles, right? I mean, I, we started. I, you know, you came in a couple of times. We did some seminars. It was it was all right. We filled the room. It was it was really fighting to the nail to get the, the room filled yeah um, and then I had sarbo in for um a couple you know a couple road shows and literally we had one or two people at a couple of them like we we're still it was still pretty scattered but if i look back now from where we are today like we literally had like 400 people in the last one 300 people at the last the <laughs> event before that like it is insane we, we've how, grown how just exploded. a little bit.
0: <laughs> I would say you gotta be careful if you're gonna be even thinking about looking back, Peter, because you'll have to have your chiropractor on speed dial. You'll get so much whiplash for how much <laughs> stuff is behind you, like you could really hurt yourself. So just be just be mindful of that.
2: I will. I will. But well, you, you know,
0: know go, go one ahead. Thing, uh, one thing I really wanna to touch on with our listeners is that um, you know, we've talked on a number of episodes about the Nelson Nash Institute, of course, which we're all, you know, authorized practitioners of, but Specifically, the annual conference that we have, the uh, the think tank event that we that's hosted generally every February, um, and I remember Peter. You know, one of the first times you and I had the chance to meet was at that event, and you you flew down from Toronto. Of course, we were coming from Edmonton at that time, and uh, you weren't even in the industry. You were just someone that had started this process in your life. You were practicing it uh, as in your own life with your own family, and you were just developing this. Passion for uh, a, a vibrant passion for infinite banking and and a gobbling up of knowledge. You know you're a sponge for you. You have a natural curiosity, which I really respect about you. And you're just a sponge for information. You're a voracious reader. And so you attended this event and uh, not. It's not intended for people who really aren't in the industry, but you are already kind of taking yourself down that track a little bit. So maybe speak to what what prompted you to go down to the event and what were some of the things you learned by being in, immersed in that community of people.
2: Yeah, I think I really just, I I connected with it, you know, um, even before that, I think I had gone actually to, um, one of the boot camps that, uh, Jason Sarbo rang. I flew it to Calgary from Toronto and, uh, it really got me, you know, I was really connecting with it. I, I could see where it would be something that would be able to help me and be able, I could help others too. Right. It just, my trouble was connecting myself to how do I help others do it? Um, when I went to the, the think tank, that was at a whole nother level. Because it was just full of all of these people who are all about becoming their own banker and right taking control back um and it's not just about the banking function it's just like life in general right in terms of um once you control that financing function how much more enabled you are um you know to live life now but then also in the future like when i when i went there there was I can't, i'm trying to think of who was there that presented uh, richard i think you were actually the host of the event and uh so got to connect with you that way which is which was awesome to to see and and get the we had a nice core canadian crew that i think jason you had us all down in the front row and uh you know at, at every session you know um
0: jason cracks a whip more. on front row seating so yeah. if you ever if ever get to go to an event with jason just just expect to be front row and like you need you just need to be there basically
2: yeah i think i actually made it in the documentary because i'm in the front row in some of the little pieces that are there but um so <clears throat> entrepreneurial right And just my my i had grown up really in just staying you know live a life that's very safe s- stay out of the radar be risk-free and it was literally the—I de- I thought it was like the safe way to go was just be comfortable right but mm. you know I, I realized through you know through through that just seeing how much energy there was in the room with entrepreneurship i was i was pretty much sold at that point
1: That's awesome. And if you think about, you know, your journey um, in the business aspect of this, you know, really, really flourishing in your unique ability in bringing people together so that the message can be shared with more people. And so when you, when you develop a, a relationship and you recognize an opportunity for collaboration, you recognize an opportunity for connection your very your natural tendency is to is to do that, and you you bring people together, and that is a strength. That's a strength to continue to to develop and to continue to leverage, um, you know, in your journey with this. And it's been incredible. You know, we've we've been able to grow to having three hundred people, four hundred people show up at an event, and you've been a very big instrumental part of that. And so to have you as a teammate is a a real privilege and you're, you're continuing to grow and it's, it's awesome to see. And so, you know, um, when Nelson would say as often as he did, the more you see, the more you'll see, you didn't see, he wasn't just talking about the process. (laughs) He was talking about you as the person. And that's, um, you know, it's again, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I can't wait to get back to the live aspect of it, where you know we're planning some some pretty big things in the fall that, of course, we'll share with all of our listeners and viewers as well. But uh, I'm super excited and looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. And I, I think, um, yeah, those belly to belly events will be, you know, I think people are, are looking forward to them. A lot of people are zoomed out at this point, but um, yeah, like, you know, I think, it, you know, the collaboration part of the connection piece is really about, um, I would say really came down to just, you know, building a relationship over time. I think you talked about this with the team recently, Jason, just about, um, you know, know when to it's it's about give 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 and you know when it's time to ask then you ask and um, you know I think that some of those things that have taken place are, are a result of that not being like in your face you need to hear this right now it's learning to have patience the other part about the collaboration part is just you know I went in as as a you know thinking I'm going to be a full time advisor I just want to take all these opportunities and just you know learn the process and take this back for myself. Um, That's kind of you know maybe um, overstating it for myself, but I would say you know uh, I found collaboration has been so empowering. Working with an organization where I can do what I'm um, you know where my unique abilities lie, focus on that, and be able to you know collaborate with yourself, with Sarvo, with Richard, wherever else within the group. Um, Even client services too, right? Like they do so many things that I do not want to (laughs) do. Right. And they're great at it. Yeah. Um, Cause it brings I, I, them energy. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and so we're, we're accomplishing so much more together by, by doing that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, when you consider um, the, the time that you've been in this industry now, in this business coming from uh, a totally different, you know, an IT oriented semi, you know, technology, but still a sales oriented type background and then into this um, and, and having to go through, a learning and training process. There's there's industry stuff, industry knowledge about, you know, just being in the uh, financial category, being licensed in, you know, multiple provinces and et cetera that you need to learn. And then there's, then there's the the other stuff, which is, you know, in our opinion, a little bit more important and where we focus on is understanding and implementation and coaching of infinite banking and the concept within people's lives and, and the dynamics that come with that because everyone's got a different circumstance. They've all got their own unique financial junk drawer. And so, thinking about that learning process and, and coaching and mentorship, Peter, what would you tell someone who's thinking that they would want to consider, or they're even interested in exploring what that might look like for them in the, down the road in the future? What should they be prepared for in understanding how much effort needs to go into really embracing and understanding this this concept over time?
2: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you really have to be connected with your why. Why are you doing it? Who you're trying to serve? And um, you know that that really drove me more than anything. Um, through the process because, you know, I think I told you I was trying to get at a corporate. I didn't know how to do it. And I looked at getting my mortgage broker license, looked at getting my appraiser's license, looking at my real estate license, all these things. And I just, I literally would fall asleep reading these textbooks. And (laughs) I'll tell you, reading a life insurance textbook is no more exciting than a real estate textbook. (laughs) But I was driven, like it was something that I really wanted, right? And it's something you have to have in order to be able to practice this. You have to have your LQP, right? So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, here, here's what I would say in addition to just having your why is really having that focus too, right? Um, I literally dropped everything I was doing. I, you know, I think a big reason why I wasn't making that shift was I was one foot in one job and trying to get to the next, once I fully left and was fully focused on what my objective was, I did it. And the, so I got through the hardest part was the LQP for, that was for me. The exciting part was the Nelson Nash Institute, right? I mean, it was stuff I already basically knew. I was just like, go back and learn. You, you can't read this stuff enough, right? You just, you have to be repetitive to learn. And, um, I think that's the great part about the group that we're surround ourselves with is that we're always continually trying to get better to learn. And, um, either it's reading or it's podcast or it's just masterminding with the team or learn with Jay, any of these ways that we can learn to help, um, you know, teach each other, but it'll also empower us to teach others is, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Love it. And if you were to share one of one of the uh, items from R. Nelson Nash's book that resonates with you the most, it's it's always so interesting to hear the, the different parts of the book and the reasons why. And so if you think of a section in Nelson's book that really, really resonates, could you share that with our viewers and listeners?
2: That's, that's a bit of a loaded question because, I mean, <laughs> we can kind of go anywhere in this route. I think that what I talk to most people about is just really just – you know go back to basics without even getting into the tool or anything like that because we know how powerful it is just is really all the elements that he talks about at the beginning of the book is just about human nature the things that we do that we don't even know that we're doing um where our money's going like it's but people have to take the time to connect like you know um i think or maybe this is nelson saying this but when you um, we, this is something I know that you guys are always brought up in, in previous boot camps and, and presentations is about, um, this is what, you know, this is what you don't know. Or I think maybe, uh, Richard, you might've had a, a saying about this with a wine glass. Is that the...
0: Yeah, Nelson, he would. Uh, it was something he actually picked up from his mentor, Leonard Reed. And it was, um, you know, you take his example, he would use something small like a, like a wine glass. You put it on a table. He says, Look, the table is everything in the known universe that there is to know. It's everything, pos- all the possible knowledge in the world. In the bottom of this glass, the rim of the glass, everything in the circumference there, that's what I know. That's what I understand about the world. He puts it on the edge of the table. He says, Now look how small what I know is and compared to all the knowledge in the world but look at that outer rim that outer perimeter look at where it's touching the fringes of the things that I do not know and if I increase the size of my own knowledge and I expand the the, the size of that the bottom of that glass well I'm I am uh, dramatically more exposed to that which I do not know and so you're always learning new things and your capacity to learn new things, and then as you learn them, the exposure to things that you didn't even know existed is just automatically increased and enhanced.
2: And, and that's what I love about, um, really about the environment that we work within, right, is that um, we're all continuing learning. We're trying to teach new people um, the process. And it's so important, too, is that we're not going to do it on behalf of you, right? We'll we'll do as much time as you will. I always say to people, is, you know, we'll put in the time as long as you put in the time. Because uh, it's the whole process is about self empowerment. And, um, you know, I, I, I love the, you know, you guys did that recent episode on the dividend scale and just getting to that detailed amount of knowledge and information you guys have spent um, to, to get to that point is just that comes from passion and, and wanting to help serve others. And I think that's really at the essence of what Nelson was too. We talk about, um, you know, we hear about these stories about him, just showing up these, doing these nine hour seminars. And like, maybe there's one or two people that show up and it's like crazy. He was passionate about it. Right. And I think that, um, I think that anyone who is practicing this, um, definitely feels that, um, connection with him. that at least I do.
1: He had that impact and that effect. And when people, you know, watch the documentary film, they pick up on it. They say, wow, he just seemed like such an incredible person. And we, um, you know, we think about him every day and we, uh, you know, express gratitude for him every day. And he shows up, you know, he shows up in ways where by creating that fifth golden rule, I think it, it's had such a big Impact, everlasting impact on his legacy because there's no end to rethinking your thinking. It's not a one-time event. And um, yeah, to be surrounded by teammates like the both of you is uh, just makes it that much more fun.
0: <laughs> and for anyone who's, you know, listening in, if you, you know, you didn't get the opportunity to meet or see Nelson, we would absolutely encourage you to check out the, uh, the documentary film. Easy way to get to it is uh, nelsonnashfilm.com Nelson um, we just made it simple so it's easy to remember. And then, of course, there's also a tribute project that was done with a ton of great interviews and actually clips of Nelson teaching himself, uh, pulled from the archives. You can go to dayofnelson.com and you can check that out. It's like 11 hours. Granted, you can skip through sections if you want, uh, but a ton of good value and like personal stories of people who spent that quality time with, with Nelson. Now, Peter, you got to meet Nelson, see Nelson in person. You know, quickly just share maybe with our listeners what that experience was like for you and the impact it had.
2: Yeah, I would, I would say, uh, so I think it was at the boot camp that you hosted, Richard, uh, or it's not the boot camp, the, the, um, what do you call it? The think tank. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, I think it was more, I'd say the event was super powerful. I spent a very, like I basically said hi to him. I think I was really kind of still in a bit of my, my shell at that point. So I didn't, you know, go out and have a, full of conversation with him, but, um, I did get a chance to see him speak and, um, you know, he was, um, yeah, such, you know, he, at, by that point he was like pretty sm- small in stature and kind of had, um, had age to that point, but just like you couldn't hear a pin drop in the room he just he knew how to control an audience he added his humor and um he was well experienced in what he did and i think um it just comes out of the essence of what he was trying to accomplish i don't think at the end of the day he was i don't know how long it was since he i assumed he'd dropped his his selling his, uh, his life insurance license at some point right but he was just spreading a message right and that was basically it he's like you guys need to know this to empower yourselves it's there for the taking right and just it's it's people's time they just have to uh, put into it but um yeah I would say it was it was a very brief but um you know I I did get the essence of him um from that uh from that think tank
0: love it awesome now Peter uh you may or may not be aware of this I know you have a couple of kids and I would imagine that you've probably watched a superhero movie now and again with your kids (laughs) Now, in those movies that we see today, not all those superheroes wear capes. In fact, we don't often think ourselves and what we do as superheroes, but anytime that you're showing up and adding value for others, which you do on a weekly basis, you have your own, you know, podcast program, you're interviewing experts and and world-class individuals who are sharing both passionate stories and real life experiences to help business owners and Canadians thrive in a financial world and so when you show up like that you're adding tremendous value to other people's lives so the question we would have for you of course is who would you like to be a hero to
2: um yeah I would just I would say um I knew this question was coming too, and I didn't even (laughs) think of an answer, but you know, I I would say, uh, yeah, I mean that in itself was good. I think in, in general, I just want people to be able to know that, you know, you, you're not stuck in what you're, you're doing, you know, there's the opportunities out there to become self enabled. What we teach is, um, so, so empowering from a financial uh, standpoint. I think it just, I think it, it transcends now. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know I, I can pass this message on to my kids. I'm still working on that, but you know I think this is something that um, the message can pass down generationally. That's not what I was even thinking getting into it, but it just um, yeah, I think there's any way that I can help business owners, families um, and empower them. I think that would be uh, that would be fulfilling to me.
1: Wonderful. Peter, it was a pleasure having you on the advisor series. Wealth without guys. base Street, and thank to all you. our viewers on the YouTubes and to all of our listeners on all the podcast platforms. Thank you sincerely again for tuning in and uh, for the YouTubers. If you look right over here, there's going to be a recommended list of additional videos that uh, we would encourage you to watch so that you can continue your journey of learning. And so make the rest of your day. Great. Thanks so much again for joining us. Guys, this was fun. We're going to do it again, Peter. We will have you back.